Welcome to a recording of a short Bible-based talk from Hope Church Worcester. If you're in the area and you'd like to visit us, we would love to see you. We meet in our building called the Granary, which is located in the centre of Worcester. Thank you for Gordon. God, I pray for the message he brings. God, I pray it convicts and touches our hearts um, for the glory of your name. Amen. 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 Hi, my name's Gordon, and I'm saying that because there's a load of people here who I don't recognise, so you probably don't recognise me. Um, I'm kind of part of the 915, but also been heavily involved with the 6 o'clock service as well, um, because over the last few months we've been transforming that as a, as a team into a congregation where we can truly encounter the power of God. And it's available and open to anybody whatsoever, whatever background or whatever, who really wants power encounters with Jesus. That's what we've been doing in the, the six o'clock. And um, Claire might not have been telling her story, but last Sunday we shared Claire's story at the six o'clock. So sometime, Claire, we're going to have to invite you to come along so they can meet you in the flesh. Because we were talking about... God's power touching people. We use the story of the lame guy getting healed. So we, you, you'd be very welcome sometime to come and tell your story to the six o'clock because I feel that the, there's some power stuff happening there and it'd be great. Anyway, that wasn't scripted. I just wanted to share that. So for those who are new here, we've been doing, when I've been doing the talks, we've been doing a journey through the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are mentioned in the, in the Bible. And we've been talking about supernatural dimension of the Christian faith, really, is, is what, how I would sum that up. And last time, we, we, we've, we've been through some introduction to in, encounters with Jesus and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. We've been through um, sort of the gifts of speaking with tongues, interpreting those tongues. Last time we introduced the gift of prophecy that was very evident this morning. Um, and um, this, this talk today is a continuation from, it's like part two of the one that I did last time. It was quite a while ago, but I want to do it. So we're just going to start with reading some scriptures. Um, and I'll rattle through those and then we'll get stuck into the stuff. Um, so 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Then verses 3, we jump on says, but one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I'd rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. Then we'll jump to verse 12, which says, Since you're eager for the gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those who build up the, the, the church. And then verse 23, 
says, so if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and inquirers, non-believers, visitors come in, they, they, will they not say to you that you're out of your mind, a bit crazy? But if an unbeliever or inquirer or visitor comes in and everyone is prophesying, they're convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their heart are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God, explaining God is really among you. Um, I'm going to miss the next few verses because I'll cover that in another talk anyway. And I want us just to flip over to 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 to 21. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. So what I'm talking to, about today is about not treating prophecies with contempt. And we're going to dig into it in a bit more depth. And we're going to see if God wants to speak to us this morning. Yeah? And we've got about 20 minutes or so. Is that about right, Jonathan? Yeah? Okay, so we're just going to go for it. So just briefly, last time, for those of you that weren't here, which is probably about half of the people here, is we said that prophecy is something that is revealed by the Holy Spirit to someone and is then communicated to other people. And that scripture tells us to eagerly desire prophecy, something for us to desire. You want to follow Jesus? You want to do what scripture says? It's something to eagerly desire, is to prophecy. We also encouraged one another at the last time to receive prayer for the, for the gift. I don't know whether anyone responded to that or has stepped out in that. That's, that's, I haven't been around here. And then we also talked about that one of the ways that we hear from God is about what do we see. Yeah, as in it, it's a gift of revelation as in it's what we see i haven't got time to repeat the whole of last talk so if you're not sure what i mean then i'm sure there's a recording of it somewhere so i just want to just follow that through a little bit more and i'm just going to start with with something from one of the scriptures I'm not, in Reve, a book of Revelation, when it talks about who Jesus was, because we said that prophecy comes from a relationship with Jesus. It's not about techniques and tricks and learning how to do stuff, but it comes from him. He is the source of it, yes? Or hopefully he is, otherwise it's not a very good one. Um, so he's the source of it. And it says in Revelation, when it's describing Jesus, it describes Jesus as one who was, who is, and who is to come. So when he's going to reveal something to us by the Spirit, he knows everything about us, everything that's happened in our lives, yeah? all the stuff that's happened to us, that shaped us what we've been called to, our ambitions, our desires, our dreams, what, where we've messed up even. And he wants to encourage us. He knows all about us. So when, he, when we have receive a prophecy, like he's coming from who, who, he's one who was. But he's also one who is. He knows what's on our hearts right now. And he wants to encourage us. 
this stuff. He knows exactly what we're going through at the moment. And also, he is to come. He knows what's going to happen. None of us ourselves know what's going to happen in the next hour, let alone the rest of our lives, but he does. And often he encourages us with stuff, shows us stuff that's going to happen, that's about to happen, so that we, we've got the strength to keep going and walk through it. So when we're drawing on God and we're expecting God to speak to us, that's who we're coming to, that one who knows all things. And so I just want to start by just talking a little bit about hearing the voice of God. So who here has ever prayed? Hands up, yeah? Every, every, probably everybody here at some point in their life has ever prayed. But do you know, how often do people pray not expecting God to answer? Yeah? You know, if I'm having a conversation with Jonathan and I'm talking to Jonathan and I'm just talking away at Jonathan and I'm saying, you know, what, what we're going to do, should we meet up for a drink or go down the pub together or whatever? And I'm just talking like that and I'm asking him questions and there's just no response back. It'd be a bit of an odd conversation, wouldn't it? Yeah? <laughs> um, sometimes it feels like that when I text him, though, mind, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's true, yeah. Um, and yet, if people talk about hearing the voice of God, people think you're a bit weird, don't they? Yeah? And I, I heard someone say something that's really cool. I wish I'd have thought this up myself, but I, I really like this. This person was talking about hearing the voice of God. And they said that... that very few people think it's unusual to pray. People who have no, are not followers of Jesus will often pray. All sorts of people pray. All sorts of denominations, they all pray. One thing we all have in common, they pray. Even other faiths even pray to God, don't they? And yet, as soon as someone starts talking about hearing God speak back, they think they're a bit crazy and a bit nuts. And this person said, what's more crazy to spend hours and hours and hours talking to yourself, not expecting something back, or to have a dialogue with someone that speaks? If you're going to talk to God, is that not normal to expect that he should speak back? If he's alive and he's real? Because he's not like a dumb idol, is he? You know, he's not a, a rock that we're praying to or something like that. He, he, he's real. And that's a challenge to us, really. Do we dialogue with God, expecting him to speak back? Or is when we meet together for the 24-hour prayer that's coming up, is that just a matter of us just talking to the granary roof for an hour, and, which is incredibly boring? Um, and, you know, a speaking God is what differentiates Christian faith from the worship of idols. Yeah? A real relationship with God. And I, I don't know, but you know, if someone's new to the Christian faith, is teaching them to hear the voice of the Father one of the first things that we do? Or is it that we go through a whole load of do's and don'ts and this is what you do as a Christian, this is what you don't? Or is it teaching them to hear the voice of the Father? Because when we preach the gospel, 
you know, the basic gospel message, isn't it? It's about breaking down the barrier between man and God. Therefore, surely, hearing the voice of God should be an integral part of of sharing Jesus with unbelievers. Oh, it's upset Chris now. (laughs) Is that not an integral part of sharing the gospel? Is that we break the barrier down so you hear the voice of the Father? Yeah? So that verse that we read about when unbelievers come in and people are prophesying and they hear God speak and they know he's real. Yeah? It's not about us talking at people, but about the voice of the Father speaking. Yeah? You know, one of the first things that a newborn baby does is recognise the parent's voice and learns how to communicate. It might just be ga 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 and the parents are just talking back to them. But already that newborn baby is learning to understand the voice of the parents, aren't they? Yeah? And imagine a baby that never ever heard their parent's voice speaking to them. Never knew their parent's voice. You know, all they did was have someone telling them, you know, about a book about their parents. You know, we're now going to, you know, you you can talk to your parents, you can cry, you can do all that sort of stuff, but they're never going to talk to you. Imagine that, yeah? They're never going to speak to you. What I will do is read you a storybook about them and you can learn about what your parents are like, but you're going to not, they're never going to speak to you. Imagine how, what a dysfunctional child that would grow up to be. So here's my challenge. Is that not? An essential thing for us as Christians to learn, right from the moment that we're baby Christians, to learn how to hear the voice of the Father. Because if God is real, then he'll speak. If he's not speaking, then, you know, he's not real, is he? Real people speak. Real God speaks. And prophecy is learning to accurately communicate to others what the Holy Spirit is saying. Yeah, so if he's speaking, then prophecy is this gift that we have that's just learning to accurately communicate that. Because we, you know, just like a newborn child, we sometimes struggle to understand what our parents are saying and what they mean. And, you know, so it takes time to learn. When we read the New Testament, when we read scripture, the New Testament just assumes that people prophesying will be part of an everyday gathered church experience. It just assumes that. Yeah? It doesn't assume that the everyday gathered church experience will be people coming, singing some songs, listening to a lecture and going home. But it does assume that people prophesying will be part of it. And then it gives a lot of guidance and instructions in terms of how to manage that. Yeah? So here's my challenge. Is that your expectation for 11.15 service. Is that what you're coming here expecting? And it's great to hear some stuff shared this morning, but it's our expectation, that's what we're coming for. Hear the voice of the Father. Going to meet with my dad. Going to hear him speak. Yeah? And then the other thing that we read about is that scripture says not to treat prophecies with contempt. You know, because that's the other extreme, isn't it? That we can treat them with just contempt. You know, and, and here's the thing is, is every contribution that, that's made isn't always a prophecy. Yeah? Yeah? 
uh, Richard giving the notices earlier wasn't a prophecy, you know. <laughs> it was a contribution. But the danger is, is that when we've got a free-for-all without any kind of, kind of uh, management of that, is that the good stuff gets missed. Yeah? And I'd encourage you, encourage the prophecies to come, but let's, 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 let's weigh them up and make sure the good stuff gets hold on to. It's so easy for stuff just to come out and then um, nothing happens with it. And it just kind of lands in this vacuum. And I feel that's part of treating prophecies with contempt. You know, it's just saying, oh, well, you know, that's the notices. That's Jeff sharing a word for, <laughs> for Jonathan's life, you know. Was that a good word? What was God saying? Was God really speaking through that? Or was Jeff making it up? Or was it a mixture of both? You know, let's, let's look at that. Because if God's speaking, there's some good stuff there to get hold of, yeah? Um, and also, giving weight means that not everything that comes is equal, yeah? Doesn't mean that some of it's rubbish. It might be, but it's just that some things are really... Right, we need to get hold of that. That's going to really change someone's life. Or that's just, yeah, that's just God just sharing stuff with us. Just like when parents speak, speak to us, speak to their children. You know, some of it's just general sort of things. Some of it is something that's really significant. Yeah? And also, when we receive prophecies, when someone gives a word to us, yeah, particularly something personal for us, you know, sometimes that can be a bit awkward and a bit difficult, can't it? You know, and it's just good, just particularly if it's delivered in the wrong way or something like that, or or it's a bit public and a bit embarrassing, you know. And, and, but I'd encourage you, if something has come to you, that, you know, take it seriously, yeah? And if it's not from God, well, let's look at it and decide, no, 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 that's not from God, but let's take it seriously. Um... And I've got some stuff I feel God wants me to share with a few people here today. And please don't be too embarrassed if I do it, because it's kind of what I do. Because I, yeah. But I'd encourage those around, you know, if, if I am sharing something and people feel a bit awkward, you know, just like it says these visitors and people like that in the New Testament, I'm sure they probably felt a little bit awkward when people were prophesying. So let's look to love one another and support one another. If something's brought, let's not hold it back, but let's... Let's create that atmosphere, yeah? Um, and also, accuracy is a lifetime learning experience. You know, we don't... It says hold on to what is good. Not everything that comes is right. Sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes we get it partly right. Sometimes we mix it up with all sorts of stuff that we thought was God, you know? Sometimes we were getting something from God, but we were in a bad mood, so it came across wrong, you know? Yeah? Uh, um... You know, and it's to keep stepping out in faith and doing it, yeah? I often don't get a response to the stuff that I share. I know I spout on lots of stuff with stuff. I'll probably say 60 70% of the time, I don't get any feedback on it. That could be quite discouraging. So I'd encourage people to feed back to one another on that, even if they feel, oh, no one's sure what you're on about there. Just, just feedback sometimes, yeah? And... The next thing we've got is, is, okay, we talk about 
prophecies and sharing stuff and that sort of thing. So there are all sorts of, we talked last time about it, about seeing and hearing the voice of God, but there are all sorts of different ways that God speaks. Yeah. And it's a learning. I'm not giving you all the answers today because I can't. Even if you went on Jeff's course and spent, you know, you still wouldn't get all the answers to it, yeah? However good that's going to be, you know, unless he spends a lifetime doing it, you know? Because God's, the language of God is to learn the language of God. If you read through scriptures, God spoke in all sorts of weird and wonderful ways to people, ranging from donkeys speaking, you know, if I told you my cat spoke to me when it was God, you'd think I was cracked. But, you know, ranging from donkey speaking to thunder to events to most of the way that I'd say God speaks to me are impressions that I see, pictures, images that I see, not physical visions or but whatever. And the other one is dreams. Dreams, all that sort of thing. And learn the way that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Because I don't know what that will be. Yeah. Now the problem we've got is, is this is alien to our Western culture. When I go to when I go over to Uganda, it's totally normal. I don't have to have I have to have different conversations with them over there. They they just expect God to speak in dreams and all sorts of stuff. You know, you're dealing with different issues over there. Over here, we've been conditioned that in our culture not to expect to hear, hear the voice of God. In actual fact. You know, you should be locked up if you do. <laughs> but, um, so learn how God is speaking to you. And God may be speaking to you, but you're not hearing him, okay? It says when Paul was on the Damascus Road, he heard God speak to him, but the people around didn't have a clue. They had sounds and stuff like that. They didn't know it was God speaking, yeah? And, you know, if you're struggling to hear God, let's push into that. Talk to some people. Don't, don't just think, oh, God doesn't speak to me. Yeah, he does. Yeah, you're not his forgotten child that he doesn't speak to. That's part of who he wants to. It's just that our culture doesn't always attune us to this. The way he could speak could be impressions, could be words. You could hear just a word that you hear. I don't mean mental illness voices, but you hear, you know, a word comes into your mind. Could be something written down that you see. You know, you could be drawn to something. You know, maybe the scriptures. You know, you're reading something in the scriptures. I mean, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit, so it's quite a good place, good thing for him to use. Yeah? Remember, Jesus is the word, though. The scriptures are people pointing to Jesus. So, yeah. But the, it could be scriptures, could be dreams. You read through, through the scripture. Dreams are such a common way of God speaking. Don't dismiss them. Yeah? And we could even do a session sometime on interpreting dreams. That is fun. Mm, yeah? Particularly when you're dealing with non-Christians, because God speaks all the time through dreams. If he speaks to pharaohs and people like that you can speak to your mates through dreams find out what dreams they're having yeah and see if you can interpret them visions thoughts all sorts of ways i might not have even said the way that god speaks to you yeah the other thing to do is when you're hearing from the voice of god is metaphor 
Do you know what I mean by that? Picture kind of language. Look through scripture, really, really common way of God speaking. So why should he change that? So quite often we have stuff that's in metaphor, yeah? But we also speak literally, yeah? He also will speak literally. So he can speak in picture form and he can speak literally, yeah? And this is where I get it wrong quite a lot because... I'm quite good on metaphors. I've kind of learned how to interpret dreams and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes God actually speaks to me literally for somebody or something, and I try and interpret it. So I remember one other time I was praying for this guy, right? And I saw spiders all over this guy. So I was trying to interpret what spiders meant, and we were having this conversation. This guy was just going, whoa, over his head like this, you know. We, we were not on the same page, and I was thinking, well, I'm sure God spoke to me. So I thought, I know, I'm just going to share what I saw. I thought, forget all this fancy stuff that I'm doing, I'm just going to share. So I said, this is what I saw. I said, look, I saw, and the guy, the guy just like, whoa. He said, spiders are what, I, what when I get psych- this guy had mental illness issues, and spiders were what he saw all over him when he had when he was having psychotic episodes and we had to pray to get him set free. Do you know what I mean? It was a literal thing. It wasn't a metaphor. You know? I remember another one where I, where I completely got it wrong was I, I went to pray for these people. I didn't, I didn't know who they were. And um, I saw them and I saw this barren, parched land, right? Like a like big farm fields just going on and on and on. It was was all, the crops in it were all dried up. It was completely barren. And then I saw rains come in and the crops come up. So I thought, all right, yeah, they're going through a barren patch with God at the moment. So I started, and the God wants to refresh them and all the rest of it. Just went, I had no clue what I was on about. And didn't work, didn't land, went away. Found afterwards, right, that these people had a farm in South Africa, right? And that had been under drought for years and that they were really struggling financially because of this drought. Now imagine how powerful that would have been, but I messed it up completely. I didn't know that. It was literal. (laughs) Um, And another one, I mean, sometimes there are areas where as you start learning to hear the voice of God, um, because Richard will correct me if I go wrong on this one, but sometimes God shows you stuff that's kind of into territory that everybody tells you you shouldn't prophesy into. And I've learned all those things. So if I see stuff that's into those territories that people say don't prophesy into, I tend to avoid it, right? So I remember some, a couple asked me to pray for them. And I'll tell you in a minute who they are because they weren't mine. And they asked me to pray for them. And I had the picture of these little pink baby shoes. And I felt God say that they were going to have a daughter and that that daughter was going to come first before that they really moved into what God had called them to. Right? I never shared that word with them. I interpreted it as something waffly and I don't know whether it encouraged them or not. That was you. Uh-huh. <laughs> before you had your first thing. 
And I, I said, but you just don't go into that territory and say, you're going to have a job, because I didn't know you, whatever. And, and I've seen a number of stuff like that, and I'm learning. So what I'm saying is, is God will speak to us. The point I'm making here is not, isn't Gordon amazing, because he gets prophecies that come true, but no one knows about them. Um, it's that, to start stepping out in faith, but doing it gently, you know. I mean, there was one particular time when... I had this picture, I saw someone that I saw, and they, uh, I saw them in work, and I saw these people round a table, and a particular lady was conspiring against this person, and I felt God say that this person, that, that this was going on in their work, and they were to leave their job because... There's nothing they could do to change it because there was someone who got it in for them and the right thing to do. I thought, flip, how do you do that? How do you actually go and tell someone to leave their job? You know, so in that particular case, I actually chatted to this person's husband and said, look, I've got this word. It might be completely wrong, but I'd like to kind of, is it okay to share it with them? So I went with the husband, shared it and did it in a very sort of way, I kind of think this might be, and it turned out completely true, this was actually happening, this person was really trying to battle through with their job, and she handed a notice in and left on the back of that, but it really helped, but you know, sometimes God will give you stuff like that that's, that's a bit tricky, and so I just encourage you just to, you know, don't just blurt that stuff out, or if you you're kind of do it in that setting where you've let yourself up if you're wrong, you're able to admit it. Don't put people, you know, into a position that that that's difficult. Is that making sense? And I'm going to rattle through some applications because I've somehow I've run out of time and I'm not quite sure what happened to it. But um, so really quickly is here's some practical applications. If you want to hear God speak to you and you want to have prophecies, one, ask God questions, and then just listen to what the answer comes with. So what do you want to say? Yeah, that I just had this picture. This congregation has been like a prophetic forge in the church. Different congregations have different uh, dynamics, and I just had this picture of like a forge where the stuff's been formed and created. And I just felt like it's not an accident that out of this congregation, Jeff is forming the prophetic course. Yeah, and I don't know how many people have signed up for it. It's an awkward time for most of us, but. It's an opportunity for like forging that prophetic gifting. And I just feel that this congregation is going to have a thing. So to push forward for it, it might look like the congregation of new people and that sort of stuff. But actual fact, to push forward with it, because there's going to be some of the prophetic forging of the church. Yeah, And one of the things that, that happens with me sometimes is that God sometimes gives me words for people that, that I've, um, where I see who they are, where they're sitting before the church service, yeah? It just seems to work that way. And I did see... So I'm, what I'm going to share with someone now, I don't really don't want to embarrass you, okay? Because I don't know you. But because I saw you... And if that's okay, and then very quickly, make it a priority to learn to hear the voice of God. Get support hearing from God. Don't just struggle on your own. 
go to Jeff's course if you can make it. If you can't, then go and get some help somewhere else. And then ask yourself, what stops you from prophesying? You feel you don't have the gift? Fine. Get prayed for, because God wants all people to be able to prophesy. Is it that there isn't a prophetic atmosphere all the time within this gathering? I just feel that God actually said about the whole prophetic forge. Yeah? And sometimes it takes someone prophesying to create that atmosphere. Okay? Is it fear and anxiety? Yeah, it is a scary thing to share something. Because every single time you share something, you've no idea whether that Chris minded me sharing that or Modular minded me sharing that or whatever. You don't know that, so it is scary. Motivation, are you motivated to, to go for God? And here's the final thing. Go on, take a risk. Just give it a go in a safe atmosphere. Don't be arrogant about it. Just go on, give it a go in this congregation and let's see what forge can be created. And the final word that I'm going to end with is I just felt, as I saw you student guy, I assume you're students, but anyway, you guys all sitting here together, and I just felt God say, it's okay to go wild for Jesus, and I just felt that he wanted to create a wild for Jesus culture amongst you, I'm not sure what that meant, but I just felt that, and I'm just going to share it, because that's what I do, I just share stuff and see where it lands, and as I says, most of the time I don't get any feedback anyway, so it doesn't really matter, so there it is. I've finished what I'm going to say. Time has completely run away somewhere, and, and I hope some of that encouraged you. And next time, if I get invited back, we're going to look at the gift of distinguishing between spirits, and that gets interesting. Okay? Yeah, thank you, Gordon. No, that was awesome. Let's. I'm obviously holding on to the one you spoke over our congregation. Let's strive to be that prophetic forge. Let's forge, there's so many opportunities for us to delve and deepen and develop this unique, encouraging gift. Can I speak to Jeff afterwards about the School of Prophecy? Speak to Gordon uh, as, as one of our recognized prophets to, to get further support or help. And yes, step out, let's take a risk, let's be motivated every time we gather. It's not all Gordon's thing, it's not all Jeff's thing, it's not just the key players thing which is a load of rubbish it's everyone's thing we've all got the opportunity to share to bring something so let's really carry and run with what Gordon said we hope you enjoyed the talk further information about Hope Church can be found at www.hope-church.org.uk thank you for listening